Psalm 119. Now, I wanted to mention to you all, because I know some folks have been worried about me. Um, I've lost 30 pounds, and so some folks have kind of worried about my health. I'm fine. I am. I'm just fine. In September, I found out that I'm an alter, which means I have type 2 diabetes, and so I don't eat carbs. And so since, you know, roughly August, early September, I've been losing weight, working out, exercising, and then when I had a fever for 12 days, I lost like 12 or 13 pounds during that time. So don't worry, I'm fine, and I needed to lose the weight anyway. Like I told the Sunday school class, here's what you can pray for. None of my suits fit me, so I have to save up to buy new suits because I will probably never be back in any of those clothes. So if you want to pray about something, pray for pastor's wardrobe. Isn't God good to us? You know, uh, while I was sick, a lot of people, they lose their taste. For me, mine was the opposite. It magnified everything. I couldn't stand the taste of coffee. Can you imagine? And anything that I ate, it tasted unbelievably salty. Any So in Sunday school, Chad Hollinger said, well, maybe a... I, mean, I think it was Chad, or no, no, it was Jim McDermott. How, how, did, how did casseroles taste? Because you all know, I hate casseroles. I despise them. And I, I said, if I ate a casserole, I would have gone to see the Father, I think. I think that, that that would have just sent me right over the edge. I know many of you have been sick. It's good to see Sabrina back and the Georges, the Hollingers. Who else has had this, this blight? I know that Doug had it, but oh, Marianne. And a bunch of people are sick now. This is just Holly. This is just where we are right now. And so, praise God. Here we are. I'm glad you're here. We're going to have fun in church. One of the fun things for me this morning, oh, one other thing to tell you, um, our missionary, uh, um, Daniel Fetter, is going to be preaching for us. He'll be doing my Sunday school class Sunday morning and Sunday night next week. Isn't that great? So you get to hear our missionary. I do, uh, every year uh, for the last two, this will be the third year, I take a a study trip at the beginning of the year. Um, I've tried to do it in just three or four days, and that's not enough. I've extended it this year. So I'm going to be gone. I'm leaving tomorrow, and I'll come back at the end of next week. So pray for me. I've got, I can't remember, eight or ten books that I've got set aside that I'm going to try and read through and pray and just prepare and study. And they're real heavy, real technical things that I have to have concentrated study time for. And so that's what I'm going to be doing. I, I will say this. Now, please don't be shocked. I'm taking my golf clubs with me to Florida. Praise God. So it's, again, have a great time down there. My brother is coming down to where I'm staying the day before I leave. So I'm going to get to see my brother, maybe play a round of golf with my brother. So that, I'm excited about that. Laura is coming down next Sunday night to be with her parents and they're about 30 minutes from where I'm going to be uh, working, and then I'm going to drive her home, so we'll be able to be together on the way home. Uh, December 22nd was our 30th wedding anniversary, and uh, so I I was sick, and she was just coming off of being sick, so it's going to be nice to be able to spend a little bit of time with her. And then lastly, last little bit of business, yesterday, Laura had a significant birthday. I won't tell you which one. 
So when you see Laura today, congratulate her on a milestone. Psalm 119, here's the, here, this is a fun thing in our text, and I'll pray first. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity to preach. Lord, thank you for letting Laura meet this milestone. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, oh, and then the last thing that, that some of you may already know, Laura and I are going to be grandparents. Yes. So, annual business meeting is coming up. I need a raise. We're going to, I'm just so excited about it. I'm so excited about it. Okay. Now, here's what's fun. Revel, I, I wanted us to continue in Psalm 119, but this is New Year's, and I usually preach a New Year's sermon the first Sunday. In this, I couldn't pick a better text for New Year's than where God has us today, and you're going to see it. My message today, this morning and this evening, is light in the new year, light in the new year. You know, every year people try to make New Year's resolutions that they don't keep. These are some resolutions, some commitments to God that are perfect for this crazy time in which we live. So look at verse 105. Tell me if you think this is good for now. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Is that something good for 2021? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Would that be a good uh, resolution? I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth. O Lord, teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes alway, even unto the end. How many of you think that's a pretty good text for New Year's? So I want to do the first half of it this morning, second half this evening, Lord willing. So let's dive into verse 1. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Spurgeon said, we are walkers through the city of this world, and we are often called to go out into its darkness. Let us never venture there without the light-giving word, lest we slip with our feet. Now, we're not told to separate from the world and live apart. We're not building a compound. We're we're not building a monastery. We're not going to become monks and hide away from the world. The Bible says we're supposed to stay clean in this world. The Bible says we're supposed to do right, that we're supposed to walk the right way in this new, in this evil world, is the way the Bible says it. How do we do it? Through the light of the Word of God. And what's fun about this text, and I didn't realize it, because, you know, how many of you already know this verse, verse, verse 105? We all know it. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The, the idea is that the lamp is at night and the light is the light of the sun during the day. And it's, it's fun to see that, that God, it doesn't matter what the season is, it doesn't matter what time of day it is, that God has made provision for us, just like the pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. God has made provision for us to live in this dark world. And so if you are going to make a resolution for this world, for this time period, man, how about you just live every day by the word of God? 
Now, here, here's the, and, and let me just say, I think all the men left the church. I think that it would be a good idea in the new year to live by the light of the word of God. Hey, they woke up and you're going to see, there's one of these verses right here, we're praying that God will quicken us. So maybe by the end of the day, you guys will be alive. That would be lovely. I'm weak. I'm a little sarcastic. I know that that's... I don't know about you guys, but it feels to me like in these dark times, and I don't... I wish I could be more encouraging to you. These are just dark times. Would you all agree with that? It's just strange, weird times. How many of you through this time have wished you knew God's word better? Isn't that interesting? So maybe that can be a goal for us this year. I do want to get back into the How to Study the Bible um, series. What happened was I, I chose to do four Bible studies at one time. I just didn't, I ran out of time. I didn't, I wasn't strong enough to do that. So what we're going to do is we're going to finish Psalm 119 and then the Sunday morning and Sunday night will be how to study the Bible. That's Lord willing. That's, that's what our plan is going to be. But I, 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 again, as, as I said a minute ago, often during this dark time, I have had the desire to know God's word better. Well, the only way I can do that is number one, to study more. Does that make sense? To, to make it more of a priority in my life, and I need God to reveal his word more to me. I need God to open his word more to me. And that's, that's in the text. Um, each man should use the word of God personally, practically, and habitually. Personally. I need to stop applying the Bible to everybody else. Boy, man, my mother-in-law needs this verse. No, I need this verse. I need to apply the text to myself. I need the light and the lamp of the Word of God personally. For my own demeanor, for my own personality, for my own interaction with my wife, with my family, with the church, with society. I need more Bible in me. Remember what I've quoted this to you before. Spurgeon said that when you cut the preacher he should bleed Bibeline or Bibeline. That's what should come out of his, his pores. Isn't that true? We need to be, not only the preacher, but all of us personally, we need the Bible. But then practically, practically, you've heard of people being so heavenly minded, they're of no earthly good. Um, Jacob's told me about a, a professor at college that when he's the one who prays in church or whatever, He writes out his prayer on a card and reads it. And we're going to talk about the free will offering of our mouth. That doesn't sound like a free will offering. That sounds like somebody trying to sound impressive when they pray. How about you just stand up and talk to God? That's the point of prayer. Um, I heard about a little boy that was praying at dinner, and it got done, and his sister said, I couldn't hear you. And he said, I wasn't talking to you. Sometimes when we pray, especially public prayer, we try to be impressive when the idea is that we're talking to God. I need the Bible to be a part of my life practically, 
in my daily speech, in my daily walk, in my daily interaction, in the way that I prioritize my schedule, in the way that I prioritize my finances. I need the Bible to be very practical to me as a lamp and as a light. And then, of course, habitually, it needs to change the way that I live. One of the most practical benefits of the Bible is guidance in the acts of daily life. Now, one of the things that we know here, and and Lord willing, during our How to Study the Bible, um, that we really do begin to see more of the wondrous things that God has hidden in His Word. Isn't it fun when you find something like that? Man, I didn't know God talked about that. Or you start comparing Scripture with Scripture, and just this light comes on, and you become so excited about the Bible. I love that. And there are times when the Bible is so impressive And yet, God didn't give us the Bible to impress us. God gave us the Bible for every day. God gave us the Bible to illumine our path, day and night. Because again, remember what Jesus said, I pray not that you take them out of this world, but that you keep them in it. You keep them in it. And we all know the saying, it's okay when the boat's in the water, it's a bad thing when the water's in the boat. We're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. We're supposed to be in this world as salt and light. We are to be in the world, representing the light of Jesus Christ. And yet, we're not to be tainted by the world. And so what the Bible does is the Bible kind of covers us in Teflon. It keeps the mess off of us. It keeps the dirt off of us. But I'll tell you this, if you neglect the Word of God and go out into the world, you will be covered in darkness. You will be covered with the filth of the world. Um, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It is true that the head needs illumination, but even more, the feet need direction. The head needs illumination, but the feet need direction. You know, it's fun to learn the really uh, deep things, the really significant things in scripture, but it's better if we walk right. You know, Bible is very, very plain. You say you believe in him, then walk even as he walked. It's great to have a a tremendous knowledge of God's Word and to be able to cross-reference and unlock the truth of God's Word. That's a really great thing to have. But if you live like the devil, what good is it? So illumination as opposed to guiding the feet. Pray that God will guide your feet. Happy is the man who personally appropriates God's Word and practically uses it as his comfort and his counselor. Let's look at verse 106. Now, again, light in the new year, I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Remember what God's judgments are. That's the, those are the things that the king has said about the subject. He's made that. It's, it's wonderful that there are decisions that we don't have to make. Isn't that good? Uh, Pastor, are you ever going to let a woman preach at Grace Baptist? No. Well, Laura does just through my mouth. <laughs> are you ever going to let a woman preach at Grace Baptist? Grace Baptist, answer this for me. No, let, let the woman learn in silence with, with all subjection. I suffer not the woman to teach, nor to usurp authority of, over the man, but to be in silence. God decided that. That's God's judgment on that. Now, if you're here and you like women preachers, well, whatever. You're just being disobedient to God's word. Even if Patrick does find Joyce Myers encouraging. <laughs> How many of you remember that from that skit? He said, and then he went to man camp and he doesn't do that anymore. So... <laughs> 
Listen, God has decided that. Adultery. Oh, I'm going to go to Florida. Should I commit adultery or not? Boy, I better pray about that. God made that decision. And Laura did too. She'd kill me. Isn't it wonderful? These are not decisions I have to make. I don't pray about that. The decision's made. And so for all of these areas in the new year, God, teach me your judgments so that I can live by them. What a great resolution for the new year. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Perhaps mistrusting his own fickle mind, he had pledged himself in sacred form to abide faithful to the determinations and decisions of his God. The scriptures are God's judgments or verdicts upon great moral questions. These are all righteous and Righteous men should be resolved to keep them at all time, at all trouble, since it must always be right to do right. What a great thing in the new year. God, help me to be righteous. God, help me to live by your righteous judgments. Experience shows that the less of covenanting and swearing men formally enter upon, the better. How many of you ever made a promise to God that that you you wish you never had? Right? It's like when you start a home improvement project, you get into it and say, I wish I had never started this. I think I I promised God one time that I was going to read 40 or 50 pages in my Bible every day. So this is, I was maybe 18 years old or something. I can't read 50 pages in the Bible every day. I had to go back to God and say, God, forgive me. That was a foolish thing for me to say. That was a foolish promise to make. Will you forgive me? How many of you are glad we're not under the Old Testament law? Right? Sometimes we commit something to God and we just have to go back to God and say, God, you know my frame that I am but dust. I'm a foolish man. Please forgive me. Do you know what? Ready for this? You know, did, how many of you know this? Ready? I'm going to encourage you. God's not going to kill you for that. He might kill you for something else, but no, God's not going to kill you. You're under grace. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Are you glad you're not under condemnation? Now, if you're not saved, you better get saved because you're going to split hell wide open. Get saved. Get saved. If you're trusting your good works, you're going to hell. If you're trusting your church membership, you're going to hell. If you're trusting your baptism, you're going to hell. If you're trusting your mom or your dad, you're going to hell. Just believe Jesus. Believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, that he's God. Ask him to forgive your sin and be your savior. And you get to go to heaven with no condemnation. Praise God for that. But you know what, you know what a commitment that I want to make is that is not a foolish commitment? I want to commit to verse 106. I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Now, you know that the only way you can do that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. David didn't have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. We can say, God, I want to be a righteous man through you. I can't do it myself. In in me, in my flesh, there dwelleth no good thing, but you've given me the new man. Lord, please help me. What a great commitment to the Lord. Um, Look at verse 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, 
according unto thy word. You know, it's fun. Verse 106, well, verse 105, he has the Bible. How many of you have the Bible? Right? Okay, I want some good verbal responses here. How many of you have the Bible? Amen. Okay, verse, verse 106. How many of you want to be righteous? Right? But here's what happens. When you commit to trusting God's word, and then you determine to be righteous, here's what's going to happen. You're going to get afflicted. I'm just telling you, it's coming. Whether it's COVID or whether it's Joe Biden. When you choose to follow God, remember we talk about in discipleship, in, in your early discipler meetings. So if I was discipling Aiden, one of the first things I would say to him is, now that you've made a commitment to follow the Lord in discipleship, you need to go on a lion hunt. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. When you make a commitment to follow Christ, here's what you've done. You've popped your head up, and here comes the whack-a-mole. It's just what happens when you make a commitment to follow God, Satan and this world system is going to come and try and bop you on the head. You're going to be afflicted. That's what the Bible says. So what do you need? You need the life of Christ. See what it says? Verse 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Quicken means to be made alive. Right? Those are the two kinds of people walking the street, crossing the street, the quick and the dead. Quick, dead. How many of you remember the Lula Moore book? The quick and the dead. You're quick or you're dead. The Bible talks about quickening. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. What's he saying? Quicken thou me. Do you know what we have that David didn't? The new birth. Anybody saved today? How many of you are saved? You know Jesus Christ is your Savior. He's already quickened you. So here's what you need to know when you're afflicted. You have the life of Christ. But here's the problem. The problem is we walk in the flesh and not in the Spirit. Would you all agree with that? And so what I need to recognize when I'm going through trouble is the resurrection life. This is, I, I quote it all the time, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. I need to remember that I am not of this world. I am not. This is not my home. We have here no continuing city. That life here is just a parenthesis in eternity. Someone said that life is the dressing room for eternity. This is just a little while. So yes, I'm afflicted. There's trouble there is just trouble. And when you commit to the word of God and you commit to righteousness, the affliction really starts. And so that's when we have to recognize that not, we're not looking for the life of Christ. He has already given it to us. We have been quickened. Praise God. Look at verse 108. Except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth. O Lord, teach me thy judgments. Okay, so we're looking at commitments. I'm committing to the word of God. I'm committing to righteousness. I'm accepting the fact that God has made me alive. But again, look at the end of verse 107. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord. How? How is God going to quicken us according to verse 107? According to thy word. So again, I need more Bible in 2021. I need more Bible. I need more time in the word in 2021. That's where the life of Christ comes from. 
That's what, yes, we're saved. Are you glad you're saved? But the power in the Christian life comes from the Word of God. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. That's meditating. That's knowing the Word of God. But verse 108, Except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth. So what is my commitment in 2021 from that verse? I just need to pray more. And again, free will. I need to not do it out of drudgery. Wouldn't it be awful if when you talk to your wife, she felt like you were doing it because you had to? Now, often us guys, we have to talk to our wives on purpose because it's not our nature to talk about our feelings. Laura says, use your words. Like you're talking to a three-year-old, right? Guys, use your words. Talk. And make sure that your wife knows that you're doing it out of love, not out of obligation. Even though it's not your nature. How many of you guys, it's not your nature to talk about your feelings? Honestly? Right? Right? Matt didn't raise his hands. I know he's really in touch with his feelings. Yes. It's just all of us. It's not our nature. Well, but we do it because we love, right? It's the same thing with prayer. Honestly, prayer is not my nature. Uh, I, I catch myself sometimes late in the day, and I've talked to God in a cursory way, but actually addressing Him out of, out of free will love. How many of you ever you, you get through the day and you realize that you've not done that? Well, wouldn't that be something good to commit to in 2021? Just prayer. Just, and, and again, not out of obligation. Free will. Free will. And how do I pray? Man, it's right there in the text. Except I beseech thee the free will offerings of my mouth, O Lord, teach me thy judgments. You know what's interesting? All through Psalm 119 that has, um, oh, Spurgeon pointed it out to me, and it's become very real. The humility that David has, teach me, teach me, teach me, instruct me, instruct me, instruct me, help me, quicken me. Do you see that? I don't know about you guys, but because I'm Baptist, because of my confidence in the new man that God has given me, because of of my knowledge of my position in Christ, um, I, I don't walk around with guilt. I'm not under the weight of my sin. But I need him. Because of my knowledge of my position in Christ, my confidence in my eternal security, my confidence that when the Father sees me, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Is all of that true, what I just said? I can forget how much I need him. I can forget to pray. I don't intend it to be arrogant. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't intend it to be, well, I'm okay. I, I, I don't intend that, but it's the way I live. What I need is for him to teach me. I need him to help me. I need him to quicken me. I, I, I need all of that. 
And I need to offer him the free will expression of that. Men ought always to pray and not to faint. I need to pray continually. Like one of the Hollinger girls. Emily, where are you at? She was praying and she, she would stop. She'd pray and she'd stop. And one of them said, what are you doing? She said, I'm learning to pray with ceasing. Is that awesome? It is fantastic. We're to pray, Emily, without ceasing. Yes. And I know that we have to work. You know, if you're running a press, you probably need to be thinking about that. And yet, that constant awareness of the presence of God and then the free will expression of need to him. And isn't that a good commitment for 2021? So what are we committing to? We're committing to the word of God, to righteousness, to quickening during affliction, and to free will praying. Just freely expressing our love, not out of obligation, but out of freedom. Praise God for that. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we need you. Father, you're so good to us. Will you please help us? Lord, you know I need, I need to commit to every one of these. And Lord, I pray that your people will.